here during this segment. We're talking with author Deborah Wiles, author of the latest book, Kent State. And we're going to learn more about Kent State. And, you know, we're coming up on the 50th anniversary of the tragic, fateful Kent State massacre. And she's here to tell us about that and more with her new book, Kent State. Deborah, thanks for being with us here on the program today. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm great. Thank you for having me. It's a a weird time to be alive right now, and I'm glad we all are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for being here today. I hope things are going good for you. And as as we get started, you might tell our listeners where you're speaking to us from today and um, just some of the work that you've done in in years past, Deborah. Oh, I'm speaking to you from Atlanta, Georgia, where I've lived for about 16 years after living in the D.C. area for most of my life and uh, became a writer there and write a lot about um, history and um, its effects on what's happening in our world today, especially in the 60s. And I just finished a trilogy of novels about the 1960s, documentary novels with primary sources that led me into Kent State. And I called my editor and said, there's no way I can't write about Kent State. I was 16 years old when this happened, and it has always stayed with me. And I want to be able to tell this story, especially for young adult readers um, who are making choices right now and registering to vote and figuring out what their what their path is going to be in the future. Um, and Scholastic said, let's do it. So that's how the book's genesis came. And you might take us into uh, the story a little bit here, maybe uh, for some background for listeners who maybe don't know uh, maybe as much information about the Kent State Massacre. Uh, go back to the event itself and tell us what happened that day. I will. Um, this was during the height of the Vietnam War. Richard Nixon was elected in 68, partly on a platform of, of um, ending the Vietnam War and bringing our troops home, and a drawdown had been started. And then Nixon widened the war and augmented it by sending U.S. troops from Vietnam into Cambodia. And he made a a speech about this on April 30th, 1970. And across the country, on college campuses especially, many of them erupted in protest. Um, They wanted the war ended. They did not want to be drafted to go to Vietnam. most most students were in that, that category, although some were pro-war. I mean, there were many different voices surrounding this Vietnam conflict. And in Ohio, uh, the governor, Rhodes, was up for election to the Senate and had a runoff election that Tuesday, and he was running on a law and order campaign. And when the students in Kent were protesting downtown even, and that got out of hand. The mayor of Kent called the governor. The governor sent in the National Guard, and there was a three-day standoff with the National Guard and students. And on the fourth day, the National Guard fired 67 shots in 13 seconds into a crowd of unarmed students, killing four of them, wounding nine more, and effectively ending the 60s and also the beginning of the end of the Vietnam War. The country was stunned, I was stunned. It was three days before my 17th birthday. My dad was in the Air Force. We lived in Charleston, South Carolina, and my dad was flying military planes with supplies to Vietnam and bodies back. And we didn't talk about the war at my dinner table. It wasn't 
done. No one said you can't. But at school, with the young people that I grew up with, that's what we talked about. And it's taken me close to 50 years to be able to write about this and to produce a book that talks about what happened, about First Amendment rights, and that also issues a call to action for young people to look at your world today and what will you do with it. So in what ways do you, uh, in what way do you tackle this uh, specific event in history? Um, can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, worked closely with my editor, David Levithan at Scholastic, and the two of us talked about ways of telling this story. In the 60s trilogy, I had tons of photographs and scrapbook material. And in this book, which is much, much shorter, I wanted to be as quietly eloquent and elegant as possible about a time that was so horrific. Um, and so what I did was start listening to all the voices. I went to Kent, I did my research, I was in their archive, I walked the ground where the students fell, I interviewed survivors and others. And what came to me so strongly was that there were so many different voices that saw this in different ways, from the townies, as they called them, who said, actually, I held letters in the archive that said, you should have killed more of them. And it stunned me to see letters like this, many of them actually, and some that said, you ruined our town. We had a lovely town and you came along and you, you put us on the map for an awful thing. And then there were National Guard soldiers that had oral histories that were in this archive who were saying, we didn't want to be there. We'd been on a teamster strike for days. We hadn't had any sleep. Some of us were students at Kent who had been called up into the guard. And we were in the guard, so we wouldn't have to go to Vietnam. And now here we were with rifles, standing there with bayonets and facing you students. And then there were Black United students, as they called them, us students, who were saying, we didn't go to this because we were told not to go, because you see a white man standing there in a uniform with a rifle, you know he's got bullets. Where most of the white kids were saying, they're blanks, they're blanks, they're not going to fire on us. So... All of these voices needed to be heard to do what David and I talked about as presenting collective memory about a moment in history. So it becomes a conversation, Kent State does, back and forth, back and forth between students, counties, National Guard, and Black United students, all having a conversation that gets very divisive and very argumentative. But part of what I want to present is the fact that when you do squash First Amendment rights, the right to protest, the right to petition, the right to do to speak out against what you see as unjust. You create a atmosphere of violence, which we see playing out today. So part of Kent State was having that conversation and drawing it into the present day so that you could make those connections. It seems like you would have a, a wide audience for this particular book. Uh, those who have lived through the event themselves, saw it on the news, and uh, just like yourself, uh, you were talking about, the, maybe also a generation of younger people that maybe haven't heard of the story before. Well, there will, yes, there are, there are those who have not heard of it, of course. And just like any event in history, there's always a re-education and a re-looking at something so that you don't repeat history over again and so that you learn something from it that's valuable in order to change history going forward. Um, there are, at Kent State, they have every year, they won't this year, it'll be virtual, but every year they do have a 50th anniversary remembrance that you can go to, you can walk the campus in the vigil at night with candles, and you can stand in those four places where the students 
fell, and then there's a remembrance at noon the next day after an all-night vigil. Um, this is one way of keeping that history alive and passing it on. And there are alumni that were there then that come back every single year. Um, the song by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Ohio, um, is, is still an iconic song that is also a way for us to remember and to get the word out. Because basically you want people to know um, what government overreach looks like in our country and what protesting looks like and what happens when they meet and what keeps happening in our country as that keeps happening over and over and over in our history. So how do we stop that or how do we change that? Deborah, how can people find your book today online? Ah, well, they can go to any place that they buy books online, or they can go to my website to learn more, DebraWiles.com. There's a dedicated page to web to Kent State with resources. Um, many, many different ways. Also, the audiobook is a wonderful way to, to be introduced to this with a full cast that recorded the book um, all in one day sitting around the table together, all those voices. Very good. Well, thanks so much for coming on our program today. Stay safe and have a good one, all right? Yes, you do the same. Thank you very much for having me.